listeners to Season 3, Episode 15 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Kelly. And before we start the episode, we want to remind you that we are finalists in the 2020 Discover Pods Awards this year. Please go to awards.discoverpods.com and vote for Drinking and Screaming in the People's Choice category. We really want to win. We were so close last year. We can't do it without your vote. Voting closes November 6th, so please go to the Discover Pods website. The link is in uh, the show notes. You can find it there. Vote for us in the People's Choice category. This week, we're joined by our dear friend Liv from Let's Talk About Myths, baby. Hey, Liv. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yay. <laughs> Tell everybody about your podcast. I will. So my podcast, which I'm not going to say the name of it again, is... A, actually, I guess I should. Do <laughs> my it. Podcast, uh, my podcast is called Let's Talk About Myths, Baby. And yes, I have to sing it every time. It is a Greek and Roman mythology podcast where I tell the stories like I'm just a random friend of yours who drinks too much wine and then tells you stories <laughs> of Greek mythology and rants angrily about all the shitty dudes. Um, but yeah, it's really fun and it's Greek mythological, but I love to come on to your guys' podcast and talk about movies that are in no way related to ancient Greece because I also love horror movies. Well, I have a surprise for you later in the scaredy facts section, but we'll save that. Oh, actually, yeah. I bet you there's some some connections. But there's also like the through lines of, you know, drinking a lot. Both of us do that. Yeah. You know, feminism, rants about how men are awful. It's great. Uh Oh, yeah. No, we have got connections. And they're not just that time we were all at Fan Expo for three straight days. Which ah. was a very fun time right before the it end times wonderful. of right COVID. Be- <laughs> right? Like, that was, a, like, in the past, looking back, a very risky thing we did in February before the pandemic. I mean, yeah. that was the sickest I was this entire year, which that was, was same. ironic. Yeah. yeah. We all were so Yeah. Weird. I got back and I had like the worst, the worst cold, whatever I had in the world. And then like two weeks later, the entire planet shut down. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll hear from more from you in a bit. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be dark with a twist. This episode will contain discussion on misogyny, rape culture, and drug use. If any of these topics are things that you don't want to hear today, feel free to skip this episode. So I made the drink today. Yes. Ooh, that was so musical. I enjoyed that inflection. I made the drink. My name's (laughs) Kelly. What do you think? (laughs) This is an audio medium, but my jaw dropped to the floor. Um, Okay, I want to say that I had a, a flavor profile and feeling in mind when I went to make this drink. Okay. And I am so proud of myself that I hit exactly what I was aiming for. Good. Guys, this has been an excellent day for Kelly and I. They've set themselves up in our new fifth wheel office. I have my computer just in front of a, a couch now. And it's on my stands and I got all my, my, my... Monitors are raised. I mean, my keyboard's on my lap right now. I get I need to get one of those like dinner tray things that people have but uh but this was a win and i'm glad to hear that this drink was also a win i'm gonna take my first sip as you tell everyone about oh yeah so it's um i wanted to make something like dark and spicy peaty is a word (laughs) that i guess but not i I was trying to get off my own um high horse of like whiskey bourbon flavors yeah so i wanted to go for more of a dirt dirt is the word i was trying to Emulate. It's very earthy. Yeah. Yeah. Dirt in the middle of the woods was what I was trying to go for. Right where your hand gets chopped off. Exactly. So it's a little, and what are you doing when your hand gets chopped? Fucking. A little bit, a little bit, of, <laughs> little spicy. Ooh, I see. What is this cocktail called? Uh, so I called this the director only because I didn't want to call it Cabin in the Woods. Um, Surprise. So it's, uh, it's spicy. Because I put some spice into it. Definitely. It's also very orangey. I mean, there's a chunk of orange floating in it. But Mm -hmm. also, there's something very, I don't know. Like, I I definitely see the earthiness that you're trying to go for. And I can't pinpoint what it is that's making it that. I think it's that I I went dark on, like, every ingredient. Usually, what we get is, like, the lighter version of everything. Okay. But we went out and we bought 
just like the dark version of everything. Totally. Yeah. Um, Speaking of light stuff, though, man, I want tequila one of these nights. <laughs> just slices of lime, salt crushed on my thumb and some tequila. Yeah. We'll have to watch like a um, I, I'm trying to say Scooby-Doo Zombie Island. Do they drink tequila and Scooby-Doo? I forgot that part. I mean, they, I don't think they actually do, but it just feels it's not Zombie Island. Sorry. The one that's like the real people version. I think it's just called Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah. They go to the stereotype island. Yes. Spooky island. Spooky what stereotypes. But anyways, I feel like tequila shots would go well with that movie. But I I mean, if it takes too long, I might back out of this. But I want to say that I'm holding on until we can get Matthew Lillard <laughs> to come talk to us about being shaggy. That would be good. Oh, God. OK, let's get back on track. Um, So uh, I wanted to get Chili Liqueur. There's something called uh, I think it's or a brand called Ancho Reyes, I think. OK. Um, And it was honestly like the only Chili Liqueur I could find. But nothing in this town sells that. I feel like that's very like a specialized liquor store or something like yeah, a privately owned one. Totally. That are trying to one up each other and stuff. So, yeah, this is it, it's not exactly the ingredients that I wanted to go for, but I think it did end up tasting the way I wanted. Yeah. And we're using our new glass because we went out and we upgraded our glass game. So yes. Any patrons out there who want to see our new glass game, you can go uh, become a patron on patreon.com slash drink and scream. Get some bonus episodes in there. Get and some cocktail recipe cards. Else. You can make this exact drink. Exactly. 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 They're digital and printable. So this week we watched The Cabin in the Woods, which I always want to just say Cabin in the Woods, but it's the Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, there's no other cabins in the woods. <laughs> it premiered on April 13th, 2012. It's directed by Drew Goddard. Goddard? I don't know. Goddard? Written, sure, by Joss Whedon and what was that name? Joss Whedon. Nope, the other one. <laughs> Joe Goddard? Drew Goddard or Drew whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it stars Kristen Connolly as final girl stereotype Dana, Chris Hemsworth as jock stereotype Kurt, Anna Hutchinson as whore stereotype Jules, Fran Kranz as stoner burnout stereotype Marty, and Jesse Williams as nerd stereotype Holden. And I really want to say, like, I thought a lot about the language that I wanted to use in this episode. I talked to Kelly about it, but they say whore a lot in this film. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that. So don't worry. That's we're sex positive. <laughs> but that's what they say in this film. That's specifically why we said stereotype after. Yeah. <laughs> this synopsis is written by Gary KMCD on IMDb. Thank you, Gary. It says five teenagers head off for a weekend at a secluded cabin in the woods. They arrive to find they are quite isolated with no means of communicating with the outside world. When the cellar door flings itself open... A la Evil Dead, I might add. Ooh. They, of course, go down to investigate. They find an odd assortment of relics and curios. But when one of the women, Dana, reads from a book, she awakens a family of deadly zombie killers. However, there's far more going on than meets the eye. So it turns out that this entire evening is based on a ritual to keep the world from ending. At least five victims must partake in the ritual, each filling, uh, unbeknownst to them, I might add, each filling in a horror movie trope like the fool or the jock. One by one, the teens are subjected to various influences that cloud their judgment, thanks to the science officers that are videotaping their every move, hoping for a sacrifice of all the teens, saving the optional virgin death for last. Unluckily for the science team, the fool didn't actually die by these zombie killers, and so the ritual doesn't go so well. The fool Marty and the virgin Dana end up escaping the zombie family and making it into the secret lab where they discover that they chose their fate in the basement of the wood cabin. They decide to unleash all the captive monsters, killing everyone at the facility. And then they meet the director, Sigourney Weaver. She explains that <laughs> in order to save the world, they have to placate the ancient ones by this blood ritual, which takes place all over the world. Unfortunately, all other rituals failed, so it's up to Dana to kill Marty. But 
Marty and Dana, after a moment of hesitation on her part, decide that maybe that's kind of fucked up and they kill the director instead and watch the world crumble, leaving a giant hand to break forth from the sunken beneath. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Would you, my love, like to play the trailer audio for moi? I would love to. Also, I just want to say... We don't have to put this in, but I'm really proud of myself for that writing of that synopsis. I thought I did very well. <laughs> it was good. It was good flow. I felt in theme. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Doesn't even show up on the GPS. It's unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. I seriously believe something weird is going on. We gotta get out of here. I think I can get it to go down. Do we want to go down? That was great. I, I don't know if you didn't like it, but I liked it. I'm like of two minds because they showed. They showed a lot. She, they, well, but not not too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They showed a lot of the cabin stuff. Yeah. Which makes you kind of think that it's just going to be like a generic cabin in the woods, but with a secret. But still that someone is controlling stuff. But they didn't include any of the like comedy of it. Yeah. So it makes you think that it's a very different movie altogether. Totally. Which really flows into my first point. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good segue. So, Shar, do you want to start your discussions? I do. And the, the first thing I have to say is that I've seen this movie a bunch of times now. I love this movie so much. But the first time that I actually watched it, I was watching it on TV as like, uh, this was a while ago, around the time that it first came out. But I happened to find it on like a cable network. I watched it like halfway through or like missing the intro. And I just hated it. Which half did you start on? I don't know. I think it was after the first like bumbling science officer scene. Oh. And I was anticipating, like it seemed like it was a real, like what I anticipated at the time of like a real horror movie. And I was like into it to be like scared and stuff. And this was way before I was really into horror as well. Mm -hmm. Before you met me. You know. Hey, this is, I, that's not related to you. I, my love of horror is separate from my love of Kelly. But of course, they do intertwine. <laughs> but I really didn't like it. And I, I, I don't even know if I watched it all the way through or if I shut it off. But thank God, because then it intertwines with you that Kelly uh, introduced it to me again, being like, you know, it's a great movie we should watch is Cabin in the Woods. And I was like, oh, fine. It's actually kind of funny because my first time watching it, I was not into horror movies yet because I was very scared and afraid. And my friend was <laughs> like, you need to watch this movie. It's great. And I was like, oh, but I'm going to be too spooked. But then it turned out not to be that scary and more of a comedy and was great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't believe I'm going to have like the most sort of standard origin story for this movie, which I don't often have with horror movies. <laughs> I do love them, but I, I rarely kind of venture into too much. But I saw this movie in the theater multiple oh, times. Shit. <laughs> I... A friend of mine and I were taking a course in university at the time on horror movies. So we would go to school twice a week and watch two horror movies every class twice a week. Ooh. So you were and watching four movies a week? Four movies. Oh, it, and it was like it was like five PM to like eight or nine or something and the prof would always try to fit in two and then at the same time they are running these trailers for cabin in the woods and we lost our minds like we prepped for this movie like bought tickets in advance like might have gone on the first night wow Be we were so excited i know we went after that class like my sister met up with us and we went to the theater <laughs> in montreal and watched this movie yes, and it's like that's where i'm from <laughs> <laughs> wonderful that's where i went to university it's wow. also technically where i'm from but it is where i went to university and so we walked down st catherine and we oh walked God. to wherever the movie theater is oh it's on where it was like Peel, I think, yeah. in St. Catherine. Oh, man. Deep Lauren. Where did you go? Concordia? Uh, yeah, I went to Concordia. You don't have to say if you don't want to. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Everyone knows I went to Concordia. Yeah. No, I did. I, I went to Concordia, and that's where they had this horror movies class, and it was oh. the freaking best. We also saw, this one was not as great a story, but we saw Prometheus directly after watching Alien in oh, that class. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
That one was disappointing. Yeah. Cabin in the Woods was not disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Cabin in the Woods actually would be a great movie for somebody that's learning about horror movies to go oh my watch. Gosh. Yeah. It was the best. I mean, I would have gone anyway because like it has every single thing I love in this world, not least of which is like just every Buffy reference and character or an actor that you can think of. <laughs> um but also it was more, yeah, like you're watching this, this or you're taking this class on horror movies where you're learning all the tropes and all the things. And then it's like this movie's like, let me just upend everything in the most enjoyable and <laughs> hilarious and like brilliant way imaginable. Totally. And that's really like my second point is that we watched it with Kelly's mom. What was it yesterday? Yes. Just we're to, forcing my mom to watch all the horror movies and now. And she loves that. Yeah. My mom would never. Oh, she, she hates. Is, she hates it, but she <laughs> she oh, likes it. My mother would walk away. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would not. <laughs> it's definitely love-hate for sure, but she does power through. And it was interesting to see it, because I've seen it so many times, from the fresh perspective of someone that has never seen it, because it does have a lot of odd twists, especially in the beginning. Like, you don't know where this movie is going. She was like, oh, it's I like love the beginning so much. It's being filmed online and people are watching them. And or is like, it a reality show <laughs> or just some sort of experiment? <laughs> well, and that's that's what's so good about it is that you can like guess those things. And then the real answer is something that I personally would say you could never guess <laughs> in a million years because it's so unbelievably absurd, but also brilliant it's i just talked about how good this movie is forever i mean even just the opening scene like this is one of my notes in it it's just like the banality of the office scenes in the beginning like the way they act with each other it's like the most it's like it might as well be like the tv show the office like they (laughs) they are boring they don't care about their jobs they're just like clocking in and clocking out and getting the day done and then you slowly realize what they're doing and it's just so perfectly done. I mean, Bradley Whitford doesn't have, like he just makes everything better. <laughs> but like, it's just everything about this movie, everything. And then I, like, oh sorry, go ahead, Kelly. I was gonna say, I think I actually watched this around the time that I was watching West Wing as well. Okay, mm-hmm. so, so it goes that, with that theme. Yeah, totally. that was, was a weird, <laughs> like, just this this hyper political guy, and then just this banal office worker guy who just seems really likes his job was was a weird twist. (laughs) (laughs) But then at the end, we get the luscious twist slash reveal. Luscious. uh, uh, Based on (laughs) Luscious indeed. Luscious. (laughs) Sigourney Weaver, who's the cocktail that we basically created just for her, the director. Yeah. It's those gloves. It's just the gloves is what the drink is based off of. (laughs) But I love her so much. I mean, even uh, just her voice, because first it's just her voice, right? Yeah. In the hallways, and you're like, well, I know it's Sigourney Weaver because I'm not a monster. <laughs> and then it's like, then you get the reveal of her in person, and oh, it's so good. Yes, and it's it's sort of a double-edged sword, because the takeaway of this reveal right at the end, and like the shock value, and obviously she elevates the film so much, is so great, but I just love her so much. I'm like, why can't you be there from the beginning, please? <laughs> but that's the thing about this movie, too. And I'm sorry if I spoil anything you're going to come up with later. But it was filmed so many years before it came out. And oh. so, like, if you actually look back on it, most of the actors in it were pretty small time. Like, I think Bradley Whitford might have been the biggest name when it was filmed. Yeah. By the time it came out, Chris Hemsworth was already Thor. Oh. And Jesse Williams was probably already on Grey's Anatomy. Okay. But when it was filmed, those things weren't true. Yeah. It was just, like, Drew Goddard making one of his, like, first movies. And he just, like, tossed it together. I think I remember reading, like, Joss Whedon came in at the end to, like, punch it up. But it was all just, like, Drew Goddard making his earliest stuff and it was so low budget and it was so nothing and then by the time it actually got picked up by a studio to release it chris hemsworth was chris hemsworth yeah. and so they suddenly had this like thing they could use and i just love that so much because oh i think God. it's perfect knowing you that get it- really cheap actors and then by the time that it releases <laughs> yeah. they just market themselves <laughs> exactly Damn. you just suddenly have thor in your movie and he looks a lot younger yeah, yeah. exactly wow i had no idea i don't know if that was in the scaredy facts because kelly did them this time around but also, wow. this is well. If it was, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, I know this movie very well. <laughs> this kind of goes with your point, but I like to think that the director is just Sigourney Weaver as herself. Yes, I think that Sigourney Weaver found <laughs> out about this organization 
and just took that motherfucker over and is now the director of this organization. She's in like enough sci-fi that she would probably be able to man that ship. She I knows think. the tropes for, yeah. sh- for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh my God, the tropes. The list? <laughs> the tropes list? I didn't want just, to go on to TV tropes. That's a dangerous hole to fall down. No, the, just the, the list that they show when they're making the bets. Oh, yes. I've, in the that, background. Okay, okay, I've got that as a fact. It's just all of Good. the, all the <laughs> different the creatures. It's the greatest thing ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> I just... I The thing is, it's those little bits and pieces that make this movie perfect. Like, I paused it and, like, took notes on a bunch of the, the list that I was like, I would love to see that. Like, and there's a couple <laughs> of them that do come up in the end. But, I mean... The list, the way that they map out the office scenes and the slow reveal of what it is those people are doing and why they're doing it. And I just could go on forever. I just want to talk about this movie for eternity, which is why I basically peer pressured you guys into making sure that you didn't have anyone else on to talk about this. I was like, whenever you do Cabin in the Woods, like, it's going to be me. Sorry, I'm going to be really offended if you don't pick me. That's fair. Uh, yeah, now you have to pay us back so by having us on your show. Yeah, I know we gotta, there's got to be a horror-related anything. Yeah, any mythology or, or experience. Against. Yeah, and I, and I don't really have other people on my show ever. Well, too bad. We're doing it now. I can talk about Perfect. God of War, the video game. Oh, <laughs> have you played Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Because people would love to hear about that. And I, have I not. don't have a PlayStation. I, ah, I see? could. I would Work do it. That. I would we bite would do that it bullet. for the show. Why not? Perfect. I, I hear it's great. <laughs> And I guess like my last little tidbit before we jump into your main thoughts, Liv, is that I think we've gone through all of Liv's thoughts. I've I, been looking at I your really, list. I, <laughs> I can rant about this movie forever and I've already taken it upon myself to just do it within whatever Good. conversation we're having. No, that's because... what we want. I love that. But I do wish like this film is so set up to have a sequel. Is there not going to be a sequel? I, you need to do it. Oh, I, do I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I want it specifically no. Godard says that like have you like there's literally no way to make a sequel no no no, no. not like following this the story of like oh it's been like crushed but I just want to see new people in the same scenario like a past one like a, with a different a different killer like from the list I just want to know what happened actually it'd be cool if it was the same exact setup and people but they just Grabbed a they different thing, but they grabbed a different <laughs> thing from the basement. <laughs> oh yeah, like if they did kind of like a community the timeline yeah. episode. Yes. I want that. But just like picking up all the different things. Yeah, I mean I agree there. I do think though that what makes this movie perfect, as I will use that word again, <laughs> is that it's just like no, the world ended. It just yeah. ended. Yeah, a, yep. a massive palms like, came from the ground and yeah, just like literally. A, there's your mythology. A god erupted from the earth <laughs> and just killed everyone. <laughs> like, I just I think that it's so perfect that they literally just were like, okay, well, I guess we're just gonna watch the world burn then. Yeah, and yeah, you know, because what else are we gonna do? I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was that like your Marty impersonation? That was my Fran Cran's <laughs> yes. impersonation. That was yeah. good. I liked it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Liv, do you have any of your points left that you haven't already said? Yes, a little bit. So I do want to specifically talk about the intern. I think yes. he's a great addition. Oh. Not, not only because he is from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and most things Joss Whedon ever did, but because I just think he's perfect. I mean, the betting scene is great, but then when he wins, and he wins and this horrible thing is happening, and he's like, so but he gets it with maintenance. He's like, yay! He's in the background. <laughs> like, he's just, he's so adorable. He's so wholesome. He's so excited that he won the, like, what is whatever it is, hillbilly, awful murderous zombie family yeah exactly it's just perfect i the intern is great also i guess i my other note is not specific i mean i've already said it is that i would could talk about how perfect this movie is for the rest of time (laughs) and but i do want to talk a tiny bit about drew goddard's filmography oh yeah i think he's amazing oh and I feel like I don't know specifically what he's done, but he's one of those directors. Cloverfield. Yeah, I've probably seen a lot of what he's done. All of Cloverfield, which is in itself, I mean, Cloverfield is the best. Even Paradox? I think, well, he was at least like an executive or something. Yeah. The only Cloverfield we've done. The first one. Right. The only Cloverfield we've done is the the one where they're in the bunker. Cloverfield. Yeah, 10 Cloverfield Lane. lane. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's the only one I haven't seen, I'll admit. Oh, well, that one's it, great. Whole, you got to watch that. <laughs> no, the trailer made me so uncomfortable 
that I just can't. I like the monster stuff more. Mm-hmm. Okay. It seemed, yeah. That's fair. It's definitely. But I love Cloverfield. It's very similar in how you don't really anticipate what is happening in this film to be the case, what yeah. is happening in that one. And I will say, I imagine. specifically, spoilers for 10 Cloverfield. But if you're really into the alien stuff, then don't count it out. That's no, all I I'll should leave. watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing I do want to say is that he, well, no, second to last, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Going to go on forever. Is that he did also write and produce the first uh, ser- season of the Daredevil show on Netflix. Oh. Which is oh. The greatest pieces of television ever made. Yes. I'm a big Drew Goddard fan. He also- Except that he also wrote World War Z, which is the most garbage adaptation <laughs> of one of the best books ever written. Uh, he also did uh, The Martian, which I really like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He's a, he's he's a big talented name. Talented man. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like, I think, I mean, it, or I know that that it was one of his first movies, um, if not the first, Cabin in the Woods. He did write on Buffy and Angel and stuff beforehand, mm. but still. Anyway. <laughs> big fan. But I'm a big fan specifically because of this movie, and then, like, like obsessively yeah, that's watched everything. Yeah, yeah. And now still obsessively watch everything. He, I'm sure he'll Except fail on something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> World War Z. World War Z is garbage. I did love I'm sure that it wouldn't book, be garbage. Though. Yeah. Too That's bad. the thing. I think that the movie wouldn't be garbage if it wasn't called World War Z. But it doesn't resemble the book in anything except the basic concept of a zombie there apocalypse. Is, there is yeah. Zombo. So. <laughs> Zombo. Not even exists. the same type of zombies. Yeah. Mm. Just like completely different types of zombies anyway ant zombies I think maybe that's a whole other episode of me ranting about how bad of a adaptation i mean i guess well, we now know we you're... know what we're doing for season four <laughs> when we have you on <laughs> it's time for whispers from so this is the segment where we read your reviews that you've lo- so lovingly sent in uh, and we so greatly appreciate. Thank yeah. you so much. It's amazing. I was going to say, um, help our SEO grow and we'll <laughs> talk about you. Anyways, uh, this review is from Beansprout Van Beethoven on Stitcher. They I think write it's Van Beethoven. Beansprout Van Beethoven. I think that's a potentially on purpose misspelling. I think that's there. how you spell Beethoven. Oh, well, fuck me. Read the review. Come on, musical theater person. No, I now I need. No, it is. That's how you spell Beethoven. Oh, man. I just thought bean sprout beat. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, they write the best horror film podcast out there. Oh, man. Which we learned from last episode. There are quite a few. <laughs> this is my favorite podcast right now. Kelly and Shar always have great insight and just ooze with good charism- chemistry. Man, why did I choose to read this? I've found quite a few entertaining movie recommendations, as well as offering a different perspective on the movies I've already seen. And the best part is, after each episode, I have a cool new drink to add to my cocktail recipe book. Hell yeah. Would recommend to anyone that loves horror or anyone that just loves movies in general, which I guess would be pretty much everyone. Thank you. Oh my gosh. We are very appreciative. I love that you like the drinks that we make. It's really cool that you have your own recipe book. I don't even have that. I mean, technically I have the recipe cards that we make, but that's about it. Technically we've said that one of our um, like tiers is to make a recipe book. Kelly doesn't pay attention to our Patreon. I'm the only one that does it. So they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, I'll print a fucking recipe book for myself. Yeah. Our own recipes. The cards are printable, but the recipe book itself is probably going to be something that maybe we make one day that you can purchase with patrons getting a discount but having it as a tier it wasn't really effective nobody spoilers signed up for that tier i mean goal i'm saying like goal which i didn't say how long the goal would take (laughs) the goal could be like four years from now all right that works anyways thank you very much bean sprout van beat (laughs) toven So I wanted to talk kind of what you said, Char, about like having this movie come back a little bit. But I specifically want to see like the different cultures versions of this. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. they only really we only get to see like Japan. Yeah. we And we see a little bit of like the failures of each culture's version of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But like I just imagining like each country and they're making their horror movies. I would like to see this happen because like Japan's is obviously basically the ring. Yeah. Which makes sense well like one of them looked like it was just a giant minotaur or something that had been killed i forget what country that was like kazakhstan I was it was a little bit more yeti-esque yeah, yeah potentially totally. it was definitely a big creature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and then there was uh, something just blowing up. Like they were kind of vague when they were showing what mm-hmm. the other ones were. But I would be really interested to see this kind of like done, not necessarily just in America again, but like see each country also having directors and people behind the scenes trying to orchestrate these different cultures horror movies. Mm. Uh, but I have a real last question. So. Sigourney Weaver at the end says that there always has to be at least five. The jock, the scholar, the whore, the virgin, and the fool, right? Yeah. Which of those nine, nine-year-old <laughs> Japanese children was the jock, whore, scholar, <laughs> fool, and virgin? <laughs> so she actually also says that each culture has their own stereotypes. But there always has and to be think, five, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. But they, she does. She specifically says that they're not the same types of person for each culture. So I think there must be like some very specific thing in Japan that allowed that. That's right. to come through. So maybe it's also because if you think it's very American. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what, what I was going to say. That's yeah. the thing. So I think the point where they were making too is like, well, this is definitely the American one. And then, you yeah. know, the others would have their other version. I mean, Japan is the, the house, stay in nanny, uh, the overworked dad. I'm just trying to think of Japanese All horror movies ja- that I've seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> horror films we've watched. Uh, the, the older woman trying to be young. That's a movie you haven't seen yet. No, um, but it was so cute that they turned the spirit that was very scary into this adorable the happy little frog. frog. Yeah, the happy frog. By like holding hands and singing yes. all together. <laughs> it's perfect. I love that. It's like the American version is you have to fucking like murder the thing that's trying to murder you, and in Japan you just like work together to uh, latch its spirit yeah. onto something that is less deadly. Really cool. So happy. Which is why I want to see, like, I I specifically think of, like, Norway. Like, is it just trolls? Like, is Troll Hunter (laughs) the version of that that we would see? Could be. That would be amazing. Where it ends with just the old man walking into the fog. Or, like, the ritual. Oh, yeah, the ritual. I don't know if that was Norway, but very Uh, similar. It was in Sweden, but it was, like, British people. Anyways, that's what I'm interested in, is those different cultural ones. Yeah. And then Uh, what was your other thing? My second one is one of them one of them discussions that we have about like horror movies representing different like stereotypes. And I think my favorite thing about this movie is that each of the characters are sort of pigeonholed into the stereotypes. They themselves aren't actually like the jock isn't like some douchey bro guy. He's a, he's a what was he a sociology major. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And the and they call it out in the film, like yeah. specifically mm-hmm. the other characters yeah. are like, "What is happening right now? Like, you are not like this normally." <laughs> yeah. yeah, they literally say like, "Why?" Like the Chris Hemsworth character, they're like, "Why is he being such an alpha male? Yeah. He's a sociology major." Yeah, yeah, I love that they they influence them with like the drugs or whatever that they pump into the room, and then everyone's well aware that it's like, okay, the blonde die is making her dumber and suddenly she's a dumb blonde and even i love that the virgin thing she's just straight not and a she's virgin. like what yeah, yeah. kind of have to make it work <laughs> like what are you talking about yeah. yeah and i really like that because it does sort of like like hold a mirror up to the horror movie stereotypes because these people are like multi-tiered they have different different things going on for them than the five things that they're categorized as um and i really like that and i like that they make fun of that where it's like no the She's not an airhead. She's also, uh, she's pre-med. She's fucking smart and nice and just wanted her friend to have a good after, a good weekend with a, a hot guy. Totally. And it's also like rape culture is so like deeply in these films of typical horror movies and like the women get what they deserve because they are somehow sexually free. And, yeah. And that is not like this does happen to them but it's because other forces are putting it on them which is exactly what's happening in horror films in general yeah it's good representation of people being humans and then being forced to be something that they're not really um yeah i very much like that yeah it's just so it's such another like added level of why i think this movie is perfect, but also just i mean the way that they did it and the the complexity in there in a way that the story like they want it to look like it's not a complex movie and then you get in and it is yeah the one thing that was kind of a bummer i don't know if you guys have seen the trailer there was something in your notes about it but i don't know yes but the trailer gave a lot away yeah and i remember being really annoyed by that like the trailer showed them in the elevator and that seemed so unnecessary like if i think the trailer should have made it 
a cabin in the woods movie. Yeah, because people I, I would have gone to that still. So, exactly, especially with Chris Hemsworth, yeah. mm-hmm. the way he was then. It's like people would have seen it, and I mean, what a surprise to then have it open up and that it would have been. Yeah, well, I mean, it was still perfect, but still. Yeah, I think the the fact that they like layered in the idea of these like science officers controlling them, but not really why that was happening was still like the twist because there is like yeah I think of this movie as like cabin fever almost like when it comes to the idea of like a cabin in the woods sort of thing mm-hmm. but then obviously it goes totally off the rails yeah I like that they lay <laughs> yeah it's a very slow review yeah. yeah and they do tell you that something's up but don't tell you that it's a fucking comedy like we talked about this yeah. earlier in the podcast mm-hmm. like the trailer is just straight like it's a it's horror, horror movie Yes. And then you watch it, and the first thing is like two dorky guys in an office talking about how Cam <laughs> fucked up last year. Uh, yeah, it's it's really good. I just like I think it's people give Joss Sweden like flack for being I don't know the Marvel guy now, but he him and uh, Godard made like a really smart take on the horror tropes, and I really like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's just so brilliantly done. Are you ready for our new dorky segment of the podcast? Let's do it. Yes. All right. It's time to open the Reconomicon! We got sound effects and stuff now. It's it's great. That's fun. Uh, So just a quick two-sentence recommendation for a movie. Uh, Mine is Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is kind of um, also a take on the, like, oh, these backwards, backwards serial killers are killing all these teens and it's a comedy and really fun and has a lot of heart behind it. I really I have like to watch it. that. I still haven't seen it. We were gonna watch it after Cabin in the Woods, but it got too dang late. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendation is Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, which actually we recently did a spinoff episode with Rosemary's Ladies, so it's on their feed, but it's such a great horror comedy that's very self-aware of the tropes featured in horror films and they kind of play on that specifically on the slasher take so definitely check that out if you want to see another horror comedy and mine is cloverfield <laughs> which i kind of already gave away why <laughs> it would be cloverfield um i i have here cloverfield because it's cloverfield and also drew goddard writes some weird and wonderful things yeah which is what we've talked about it many many times already but i'll just emphasize mm, cloverfield <laughs> nice I appreciate and that. And Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was one of Season our, one. like, first, not first date, but as we were starting dating, Kelly showed me that uh, series, and it was very good. Got halfway through season two, and then Electra showed up, and I was like, yeah. I know. I get over <laughs> that, too. Season one. I could watch season one a million times. <laughs> take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors first off we want to remind you to please vote for us we're a finalist in the 2020 discover pods awards this year go to awards.discoverpods.com and vote for drinking and screaming in the people's choice category i've put a direct link to the survey in the show notes you can vote for other pods as well there but 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 for the people's choice category you gotta vote for us we really want to win and we can't do it without your vote Voting closes November 6th, 2020, so please go to awards.discoverpods.com and vote for Drinking and Screaming in the People's Choice category. Special shout out to Mad Lab Distilling who provided us with their amazing collection of spirits. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, Halloween's over. And bitters to use in our cocktails this season. <laughs> this week we used their orange bitters. Oh, a little, little more insight into what this drink is. Little citrusy. Oh. <laughs> Please stop this bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we love their we love all their products and we're really glad that they have this brand new line of bitters for us. But Kelly, do you know no. they have two what? new ready-made cocktails? Oh, can I have them? I mean, we moved, so probably not. <laughs> but you guys could have them if you go to their website. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provided us with some amazing goodies to talk about on our episodes. Today, I'm going to chat about their pop figure of Chucky from Child's Play 2. Super adorable and super deadly. A fantastic addition to our horror villains, which we are setting up currently on our shelf in our new home. You can buy their products. They ship globally at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. Speaking of things that have been going well, uh, we still have Liz's horror candles to keep our noses all fresh 
and scary scented. Mm. I miss Halloween already, but at least these candles make the inside of my office feel like Halloween all the time. It's always Halloween it's over always. here. I'm always at, at risk of dying. <laughs> Oof. Uh, we're waiting on the latest shipment of scents. I can let you know that they're called The Final Girl and The Jersey Devil. Go to horrorcandles.com and use the code DRINKSCREAM10 for 10% off your first purchase of three or more candles. Oh no, I've died. These candles have attracted a serial killer. Do you want to tell people about yourself, Liv, and your podcast? Sure. A reminder. I'm Liv. My podcast is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. And I don't ever talk about Cabin in the Woods, quite tragically. I should find a way to. Maybe the Kronos thing. <laughs> um, but it's a podcast about Greek mythology, and you should listen to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, on Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm still dead. That no. was the trope. I was dead first because I'm the. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like in, inducing some pheromones in here for you to want to go back to the episode. Oh. All right. It's time for Scaredy Facts. This is the part of the podcast where we invite y'all into our relationship where after we watch a spooky movie, we look up all the trivia facts to tear off the, the veneer of the horror <laughs> and show the meaty pulsing directing and cameras and audio behind them. That's a very scary way yeah, of saying started. we're trying to make it not scary for you. <laughs> I mean, this one's the v- reverse because it wasn't scary. So now we're making it scary. Ah, all right. Fill me in. Uh, so the budget for this was $30 million. Which seems high considering they keep talking about how the budget was really low. I wonder if that was like marketing and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not too I sure. I mean, the amount of creatures that they've created in the film oh, yeah, to only be seen for a few seconds, some of them, was astounding. There were so many. That was a lot. There's so many. I do think maybe too, like, this is all stuff that I, I read in 2012, so don't quote me <laughs> on anything. But I, if I recall, it was like, Drew Goddard's movie and then Joss Whedon came on to punch it up a bunch mm. but Drew Goddard had like worked on a lot of Buffy and Angel which is why there's so many like actor connections already okay. in it that makes sense um yeah and then so so he had all those connections and then he had the connection with Joss Whedon who came on and did that so they might have bumped up the budget mm. almost in post make it look nicer when Joss Whedon came on yeah yeah because they suddenly had his name attached so that I mean that's me making stuff up based on that's fair that old memory I have from eight years ago. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, the unfortunately, the opening weekend of this was only 14.7 million. I, guess, I was one of them. I guess people, yeah, you were like the seven, the point seven million. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you saw it multiple times. Yeah, so I guess, I don't know, it wasn't great. But the cumulative worldwide gross is <laughs> 69.9 million. Nice. Nice. Uh, I mean, they doubled, over doubled their money. Yeah, it's great. I mean, they also both went on to do more stuff and totally. were successful. So that's good. Yeah. So my first fact is that the movie's opening was a deliberate attempt by filmmakers to confuse the audience and make them think that they walked in to see the wrong movie. Did you feel that way when you walked in? I feel like no, because of the dialogue, because I am and was familiar enough with boss, uh, with Buffy. That's fair. With Joss Whedon as a person. Okay. So, and so was my friend was like, who is with was equally obsessed with Buffy and with Joss Whedon overall. So as soon as you get to that dialogue, you're like, I am in get it. a Joss Whedon. I also movie. like that after you're confused, suddenly it's just like the cabin in the woods. Just to scare you. Yeah. It's so angrily too. <laughs> yeah. Like the graphic is so in your face. I was I watched it like two hours ago. It was just reminded of so many things. Like I've seen it so many times. But just another rewatch is always Yeah. And you get so many extra little bits. So many extra things. Yeah. Uh, my second fact is that the um, obvious nod to Hellraiser's Pinhead, uh, his name was Fornicus, Lord of Bondage and Pain. Ooh. <laughs> he didn't have any pins so in the guy his with head. The saw? Yeah. He saw head. <laughs> saw head instead of pinhead. Uh, that was very clear, though. That was clear. Yeah. Um, so uh, my next fact is that this is Drew, Gard- Drew Gordard's directorial debut, which you mentioned a lot. Uh, <laughs> and the first day of filming was the gas station scene, which proved to be a challenge because the set was covered in snow. Which uh, kind of 
Holy shit. It doesn't look cold at all. No. I mean, no. Movie magic, of course. But still, yeah. that's impressive. I mean, this movie was filmed outside of Vancouver, so it probably was, was that really one year when we had snow. <laughs> Uh, so this one directly hits me because I'm sad about this one. So in the in the creature shot with all the cells. Oh, I know what this yeah, is. You can briefly see a tank, witch, boomer and hunter from Left for Dead. Which is a video game. Which is a video game for all all y'all out there. Uh, their, their cameo was included because it was there was planned to be a tie-in expansion pack for Left 4 Dead where the players would have to fight their way through the woods, cabin, and facility from the movie. Unfortunately, the oh. tie-in was canceled when MGM's financial problems hit. Man, that's so too that's bad. Sad. That, that would have been, been so cool. So cool. At least they left the creatures in the film, though. Yeah, they could have cut it if, they if wanted the to. thing yeah. fell through. So that's nice. Well, there's a lot of, like, Easter egg creature. Oh, yeah. Which you might be coming up on. Oh, yeah. I've got a couple. Yeah, I've got a list of a few of them. But yeah, there's a lot of Easter eggs in there. My next fact is that Jamie Lee Curtis was actually considered for the role of the director. I was going to joke earlier that the only other person they could have used was Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis, the scream queen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Literally between the the two of them. (laughs) Exactly. It's like there's nobody else. Just those two. Pick one. Yeah. But the fact that it was so like science fiction y. Yeah, that makes, makes sense, sense that it would yeah. go. It suited Sigourney Weaver more. Yeah. My next fact is that the actor who played the werewolf in this movie also portrayed Pierce the werewolf in Underworld, Underworld Evolution, as well as a random lichen creature in Underworld Awakening. So apparently that guy is just a werewolf in real life. He's a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> this fact is specifically for you, Liv. Amazing. I'm excited. So the hand that you see coming out and destroying the cabin in the final shot is of the Greek Titan Kronos. It's supposed to be specifically Kronos? Specifically Kronos. Kronos. (gasps) Oh, that's cool. Damn. (laughs) That's exciting. What is Kronos the Titan God of? Everything. Oh, okay. He's... He's Zeus's dad. He castrated his own father oh. to take control, and then he ate all his kids because they were threats to him. Oh, and then he's that like, sounds like a god to me. And, oh, and much like oh, any father, best. later as he got later on in in age, he just sat on the couch and watched movies until people stopped making movies from him, and he got angry. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly it. That's the story I tell in the podcast. Nice. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> this one specifically for Shar. What? Uh, the actress who played Patience Buckner. Oh, come on. Breaking Dawn. Yeah. She's in fucking Twilight. <laughs> She's like, what's her name? Revelier? Re- uh, Bree Re- Tanner. What? Oh, that's the character she plays. Oh, sorry. I thought she played the fucking girl that. Uh, Renesme? No. Renesme. No. Yeah. Uh, but she, she plays Brie Tanner for sure. You can't miss it if you watch if you watch the Twilight <laughs> films. You know. Oh right, she's the one that gets like displaced, and they take care of her. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, she also plays Sharon and, and Alessa from Silent Hill. Yeah. Which I did not recognize her from. That's so true. Well, she's obviously a lot younger then, but yeah, that I was gonna say the first Silent Hill. That's such an old. Yeah, movie that's a now, while ago. Yeah, like two thousand. Yeah. I'm glad they never made a second extremely bad Silent Hill movie. Except they did. Just an awful, terrible. <laughs> sequel to that great first movie. I have only seen the first one. There you go. Don't see the other one. So the on-screen body count of this movie is Uh, 69. Hey. Really? That seems low. (laughs) So many workers. Yeah, that's weird for the office. There was so much blood in that. Yeah, that was a lot of meat just flying around. I love it. Uh, The actual body count of this movie is 6 billion (laughs) 873,741,054 because that was the world population in 2009 when the film was made. Uh, since Amazing. See, three years. Yeah, totally. Everyone gets killed. Oof. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of death. That's the highest death count we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, it's extreme. Uh, one of the facts was that it's extremely rare for a horror movie to just fucking literally kill everybody on Earth. So. Yeah. Okay, now you have to tell me about this whiteboard. Okay. So, the whiteboard that has all of the bedding pool of all the creatures that could potentially show up in the cabin are werewolf, alien beast, mutants, wraiths, zombies, reptilious, clowns, witches, sexy witches, <laughs> <laughs> demons, hell lord, angry molesting tree, which is from the evil dead, yeah. giant snake, deadites, which is also from the evil, evil dead, mommy, the bride, from Kill Bill? The the Scarecrow Folk, Snowman, Dragon Bat, Vampires, Dismembered Goblins, 
Wow. No, dismemberment goblins? Sorry. Yeah, dismemberment goblins. They're doing the dismemberment. Right, of course. Sugar Plum Fairy, Merman, the reanimated... That's just another fucking zombie. Zombie, yeah. Maybe Uni- that's supposed to be like Frankenstein. Oh. Maybe. Unicorn, Huron, uh, I don't know what that is. Sasquatch slash Wendigo slash Yeti. <laughs> Dolls, zombie red deck torture family. Of course. Which we saw. The Doctors, Jack-O-Lantern, Giant, Twins, and Kevin. Uh, who was just, apparently, I- uh, the directors wanted to include Kevin and thought, that he would just be a guy that looked like he was worked at Best Buy until he started dismembering people. Oh my. I love this movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> Some notable things that show up in the uh, the pens, all, like the elevators, is a giant tarantula, two wolves, a large frog, a giant centipede. I did not see a large frog. I missed that. There's so much. Uh, oh an o- just an obese man, which I think is the boomer. I think whoever wrote this is wrong. Uh, <laughs> two different blob-like creatures, a killer robot, which we do see. At some point, there's just a giant kitten uh, in one of the corners. <laughs> and just another uh-oh is there's a trio of KKK members in there somewhere. Uh, oof. Oh, jeez. Yep. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't throw in that, like, there's supposed to be a str- the Strangers reference, I think, I th- with those doll-faced killers. Yeah, I think those were the dolls. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's supposed to be a Easter egg for Firefly in there, too. Oh. Right? Yeah, so the Reavers like, are in there somewhere. Reavers are in there, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. I could not find a comprehensive list of every creature that shows up in this movie. That's no. It's too it's much. So <laughs> all right. It's too good. Those are all of my facts. Oh, which means it's time for final thoughts. That's true, it is. Liv, you have a final thought for us? I love this movie so much. <laughs> and I took hold of the conversation and thank you for letting me do we, it. Because I love it. talk about it all the time. Yay! It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. That's my whole thought. Oh, I shit. appreciate it. I forgot my new segment. I can't believe I forgot it. Well, that it was... can be your final thought. It can be your new segment. Yeah, my mom's my mom's segment now. Because now since we're forcing her to watch all these movies with us, my new segment pitch is that she just gives like a one word review. Love and it. hers was, it was pretty good for a comedy. I don't know what that means. I gave her no criteria whatsoever. So I don't think that's good enough. Yeah, we need a bit more meat on this new segment or else as a producer, I'm just going to have to cut it. I'm going to make her watch like the grudge or something and then it will be just swearing. <laughs> I usually write my final thought ahead of time because I like to sound coherent and make it seem like I know what I'm talking about. But I didn't this time. Ooh. And I just I just do love this movie. And I'm so glad that I had the chance to rewatch it and not have that written off version of it in my brain from when I first saw it so long ago. And I do think it's very, we're in a weird segment of like doing a lot of very self-aware films lately in the horror genre. And I appreciate that. And I think I'm, I'm loving it. Almost like that's what we do when we talk on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's been Cabin in the Woods, a movie about three people sitting down to talk about a horror movie. <laughs> Next week, we'll be watching Hashtag Alive from 2020. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah! Bye! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.